Welcome to life, the grand adventure. During this adventure, there are many twists and turns, each of which leads on a new path of our journey. Luckily for us all, we have a God with us for this adventure. Oftentimes, we try to make life too complicated. Hello, I'm Adam, and I have great news for you. Life is actually quite simple, and if you come along with me on this podcast journey, I will share with you one simple fact about life and faith. It's that simple. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. My son has been a part of a Kids Connect group for the last six, eight weeks or so. It was a five-week group. It's been over eight weeks of time, just a, a good chunk of time. And it's been an amazing time for him. They've been talking about a series called Transform and how we can transform our lives to be more like Christ. And it just leads me to a super proud dad moment. Part of the study was to help kids learn memory verses. And in the back of the book that had been created, there were 120, I believe, memory verses for the students to learn. And the kids got to choose which ones they learned. It went anywhere from Jesus wept all the way up to, in Exodus, the Ten Commandments verse, which is super long. And inside those 120 were six verses. And they were called the gold verses. They were highlighted gold. And the challenge was, if you could memorize all six of the gold verses, you would get a, a, a bonus prize. You get to share it and you'd be recognized at the end. So my son Grayson decided his goal for this activity was going to be to learn the six golden verses. They were the Ten Commandments, the long version in Exodus, the 23rd Psalm, Psalm 100, the Lord's Prayer, the Armor of God, and Matthew 22, which is, which is very similar to this version, which is what led me to think about this proud dad brag moment. So he got to it. He set a goal. He memorized all six of them, one each week, and then doubled up two one week. And by the time we were done, only two kids in the entire group did all six verses. He got to be recognized. He got to meet, talk to the senior pastor, stand up there. The pastors were super excited. He got to share one of the verses, and he, he chose Matthew 22 to share with the to share with uh, the the students that were there. And he, what we didn't know is he also, there's going to be a, a master memory verse person. I forget how, what the title of the plaque is, but he's going to have his name engraved on the plaque as a person who went above and beyond to learn those verses. And then he's going to also get to be on TV sharing the, the monthly Bible verse to the elementary school. 
Now, I was super proud of him for accomplishing this goal and putting a goal forward and put God on his heart. It wasn't as easy as you would, as it seems right now at the beginning. At the beginning, he started out going, I'm just going to learn these words, memorize them, and get the sticker. And it led to a challenge. They weren't The words weren't sticking. He was struggling at times to memorize Bible verses. And we stopped. We had a conversation on the way to school one day. And I've made it clear. I said, this was your goal. I love that you set a high goal. And I hold you to your goals you make. But I never forced you or told you. You could have done some of the other verses. And you could have done Jesus wept. You could have done whatever else you wanted to within there. But you set this goal. But memory verses are not about just learning them. A lot of times in school, we sit and we learn something and then forget it after the test. And that's the approach that he was sort of going with for the moment with that. I said, we talked about, I said, the memory verses are about putting God in your heart. It's not about what you memorize. It's how you memorize, how you make it part of your life. Not just that you know words. And he took that to heart. And I noticed a change in his memory verse memorization at that point. They started to seem to get a little easier. The word stayed in his heart, stayed in his mind. He was able to recite them without as much of a challenge. And he set his mind and heart to that. And I saw an amazing change in the process, in what is part of his life, which is just super powerful because he set his mind towards memorizing God's word, making it part of his life. And that's something all of us should do, not just him. I'm as guilty as you all are, not spending enough time memorizing the word, putting the word into me so that when I hit struggles, first thing I think of is God's word. I have specific places. A lot of us go, we're too old. I can't memorize like those kids can. Well, yeah, that's true. But it's an excuse. We don't live in a, with a God of excuses. We live with a God of doing. So we got to think of ways to work on it. There was a time when I would put scripture on my steering wheel so I'd see it. You might not be memorizing a gajillion verses at a time. Maybe you go one verse, have it somewhere, say it where you see it, put it on your lunchbox, put it at your desk and make it part of your life. Make it part of your daily living. All that to say how important scripture is. And scripture is a guiding force behind where I was heading this morning. I had talked about my men's ministry and my aching heart for men and wanting to grow them within my church and get men's ministry off. And today was the big day. Today was exciting. We didn't know how many men to expect. We filled the room. We had a th 130 men in our, in our kids' ministry room for a men's breakfast to hear a mission for men, to get challenged by men. I was so excited for today, and it turned out to be just a, a powerful day. There are men seeking. There is revival. There are men wanting to grow with each other, wanting to grow for Christ, wanting to serve for Christ. I had so many great conversations. I am on the most amazing spiritual high right now, and I can't wait to move it forward with God and see where we're going to go, see how we're going to lead the youth, how we're going to lead in our church, how we are going to be men of faith and do as the Bible tells us to lead. So while I was getting ready for this morning, though, I was super excited, nervous, happy, wondering what was going on. All that was going through my mind. I knew it was on God. Yesterday, I made, I intentionally stopped many times to pray for today, specifically the day before, just to get it in there and to pray for today that it would be successful. Last night, I was just excited and I was tossing and turning and rolling. I woke up about four times during the night because I wanted to see this ministry get off the ground. And 
in the morning, I started thinking about this podcast that I was going to record this weekend. And this episode came to me, do not don't. And when I spoke to the guys today, that was almost close to exactly the way I'm approaching men's ministry. I had some time to share my brief vision of where God's men's ministry, where we wanted men's ministry to go. And in doing that, and when I shared, I used this kind of idea that we, not specifically, but it was just the focus of how I was talking, is that we spend so much time on don'ts. When really we should focus on do, what we do, where we're going, not, hey, we shouldn't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't, don't, don't. We should focus on what we should do. So when I spoke to the guys, like, here's what we're going to do. Here's where the, here's where God's telling me to, here's what I'm doing. Here's how we can grow together. It's a hard thought pattern. I mean, sit down sometime and ask questions like these. And I'm going to start with kids because I'm a teacher. And these are some questions. These are questions that I've asked kids at schoolers out of curiosity to see what they would say. And I get these kind of answers. If you ask them a question, they say it's because they don't want something else to happen, usually something bad. For example, why do you do your assignments? Well, so I don't get a bad grade. Why do you clean your room? So that I don't get grounded. Oh, we think it's only kids, adults? Uh-uh. Ask adults this question. Why do you do the speed limit? Well, most adults will say, no, I don't do it. But if they are trying to sound like they follow the speed limit, they say, so I don't get a ticket. Why don't you steal? Well, obviously, so I don't go to jail. Well, what if we flipped our mindsets and answered these questions this way? Why do you do your assignments? Because I want to learn more and I want to grow in understanding things. Why do you clean your room? I want to live in an area that is clean and healthy and a great way to start my day with a positive note. Why don't you, why do you do the speed limit? So I can drive safely and keep everyone else around me safe. Why don't you steal? So that the store owner can make a living. Those are all how we, why we do things. And that's how I view a faith walk with Jesus. But the problem is within the church, within the culture, within Christianity, a lot of times we spend so much time on what we shouldn't do or what's a sin versus what's not a sin. We're spending time, as I've mentioned in the past, judging, condemning everybody for what they do, saying, don't do this, don't do that. And it's not a drawing point. People don't want to come hang out. Hey, don't do this. Don't do that. They want to know power. And that's what God is. So let's think about it. What if we focus on simply what we should do? The scripture tells us the two most important commandments are love God, love your neighbor. It doesn't say, don't do this, don't do that. Don't love Satan. Don't love the world, blah, 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 blah. It says, love God. It says, do. That is how we are to live our Christian lives. Sure. There are many things God doesn't want us to do, and they're, they're written in Scripture. But I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say if we, spent our, if we spend our time doing things God wants us to do, that we won't have to worry about the do-nots, the things He doesn't want us to do, because we're not doing them. 
If you live like Jesus, you're being like Jesus. Jesus didn't do the do nots. Jesus didn't sin. Now we're going to fall. We're going to mess up. That's normal. That's how we work as, as humans. But if we spend our mental thoughts and focuses on being like Jesus, then all the other things will fall to the wayside. Jesus came to save the world, not to condemn it. Saving is a do. Jesus did things. He was not held back. He did everything for the kingdom. He did everything for us. He took on sin for our salvation. He didn't do that so that we wouldn't go to hell. He did it so he could spend eternity with us. That's power. That's greatness. That's love. That's Jesus. Now, living in a world doing things positively really just makes for a much better, happy life. Joy abounding. Many of the don'ts in the world, things that sometimes we're told not to do, cause us to go into a state of fear. And then we start doing things out of fear. And that is not a fun way to live. Even if well-intentioned, the don'ts can lead us to have wrong reasons for the things we do. It's so much better for our heart and soul and mind to do things positively, to do things, as opposed to having the negative, the fear in us. I mean, we live in a world where there is so much fear. There is so much anxiety. So let's think about how and why we live our lives, how we can step out, how we can do that positively, how we can do it without fear, how we can lessen the anxiety. So brothers and sisters, it's that simple. Live life doing for Christ. Spend your time reading and growing in His Word and studying His lessons. If you do that, the things we aren't supposed to do will not even matter because we will be living lives for and with Christ. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us the two greatest commands and modeling how we should live life, that we should live life doing for you, not, not doing it out of fear, not, not doing it because of something we should fear or do not do. Help us to change that mindset. Help us to focus on living like you. And if we live like you, we have nothing to fear. We're going to slip because we're people. We're going to slip. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to sin because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But you're there. You sacrificed for us. You set the example. Help us if we struggle with that fear and that anxiety to come to you. You're the great physician. You heal every ailment we have. Help us to take this week and do take our Christian walk in faith and do. And in doing that, we will be your light on the hill. We make these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So this week, I challenge you to focus your mindset on doing. What can you do to further the kingdom? How can you live a life that honors Christ's sacrifice and glorifies Him in this world? As I've said, I've got a sponsor, Anchored Music Apparel. There's a link in the podcast notes. Look it up. 
pop in. It's that simple. You'll get 15% off. And at some point, there's even better discounts. But if you follow my link, I'll get some credit that I'm using all that money to go back into mission work, to go back into ministry. I'm not trying to make a penny. I'm, I like doing t-shirt evangelism. I'm wearing a cool shirt. This isn't from them. It's another one I have. But it, it, it's, it's just such, such a great thing to say. I had a plan. But God had a better one. There is nothing more true. Um, that's from another partner T-shirt. But my other T-shirts, I have one that's another one standing in standing in the fire with me from the, the song. I have one that says faith. Faith. It's, it's got the crosses and faith is on the rise. It was in my video last week. But it's just it's just amazing, amazing clothing. And it's if people see it, just try a conversation. I got this bright yellow hat one time. It says keep faith. It's but it causes conversation. So. It's a great way to evangelize without even knowing it. And there's links everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, any of my pictures are on the podcast notes. I'm also working with my partner, my buddy Ken Rell with KingdomPraiseRadio.com. And they have amazing music and they are growing their podcast. I'm on there every week at 7.30 Central, 8.30 a.m. Eastern. Come listen to me there. If you're listening to me on Kingdom Praise Radio, check out my podcast site. Give me a like. Give me a follow. Share the podcast with others. I want to grow. I want to grow with you. I want to be able to speak to as many people as I can. God has told me that he wants me to share this word. I just got to get it out there. I need you to help me share it. If you are on the podcast, check out Kingdom Praise Radio. It's awesome stuff. Great stuff. And no matter where you are. Pop me an email. It's that simple podcast at gmail.com or a message on Facebook. It's that simple podcast. I want to hear from you. I want to grow with you. I want to pray for you. I want to see his kingdom grow and I want to do it with you. Have a great week and God bless.